Welcome to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Marianne Pack, spiritual guide into all things life transformational. And this is a beautiful part two of Thriving Beyond Religious Trauma. And my guest and interviewer is Lori Raggio. Welcome, Lori. Welcome to the second edition of this podcast, Marianne. So glad to be here with you. Yes. I am so happy you're here and that you stuck it out with me for part <laughs> two. This is wonderful. Such a delight. So again, our topic today is thriving beyond religious trauma. And a little addition to that is even if you have not stepped foot into a church or was raised in a religious uh, background, you may also be suffering with uh, indoctrinated beliefs uh, trauma. Because anytime we have, we have been indoctrinated into beliefs that are very constrictive, very uh, controlling, uh, very separating us from a condition or a group of people, um, that is indoctrinated beliefs that can also cause trauma. So listen carefully as we're going through these, um, how these traumas affect us and what they look like, what the symptoms are and how they can show up in our lives. So um, also be aware, this is a warning for religious trauma triggers. If you are triggered emotionally and this is too much for you, turn it off. You can leave this podcast at any time, um, but we hope that we will be gentle enough with you that you will be able to stay and realize that there is hope for you, for healing. You don't have to live in those emotional triggers anymore. You can heal and thrive. So... Uh, again, thank you, Lori. And what, how would you like to get started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Marianne, based on what we were talking about in the other episode, I think there's kind of this time of recognition hmm. that you or someone has been impacted by religious trauma or another type of trauma. And then there's a, a, another kind of step of, so now I know but what do I do? So I thought maybe we would go and take a look at a little bit more deeply as to what are the areas that someone could be impacted by say a religious trauma. Talk a little bit more about those and maybe even um, you know, share some specifics about how you were impacted. Absolutely. Um, Again, Dr. Mar Marlene uh, Wendell created, uh, she coins the phrase, uh, the term uh, religious trauma syndrome. And that was only like back in 2011. So it is a very new uh, part of science and a part of understanding and therapy. Um, but there are very specific uh, symptoms and um, Dr. Marlene said that it's that the symptoms are cognitive, like you would have confusion. You were raised with poor critical thinking ability, um, negative beliefs about yourself, what you can and can't do, your abilities, um, your self-worth. There's very black and white thinking and believing 
there's perfectionism. So if any of those relate, you might have a cognitive issue, uh, a, a symptom. The next one is emotional. So this looks like depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, um, anger, grief, things like that, that, that are all encompassing. Um, you can't just have a loss of meaning for life. It's just like, oh, life doesn't matter anymore. Why, why be here? Um, social uh, issues would be like a loss of your social network, um, family ruptures, um, uh, social awkwardness. It's like you don't fit in. You, because you've been held back from socializing with certain people, when you get around those people, then you just feel out of place, like a fish out of water. Um, and um, certainly cultural, it's being unfamiliar with um, the secular world, the world, if you've been held into a bubble uh, of religious community, you don't know about the culture abroad, you know, out there beyond your waters, your, your, your sphere. Um, so you may be missing educational, there may be gaps in your education because you, were, you weren't taught about evolution, you weren't taught about some of the sciences, um, or you may not even understand modern art or the music that your peers listen to. For myself, that was huge because all of these decisions were made for me. And I was told what music I could listen to, what clothes I would wear, you know, all of these things. And I didn't know even a fraction of the music that my peers were listening to. And I was raised in the 60s and 70s when rock is big, you know, so uh, I just didn't understand what they were talking about. Who is this artist? Who, who, who is this? What song is that? I just didn't know because I was so sheltered from that uh, for fear that the world would contaminate me. Then um, I will add one to her list because this was the dominant one that just, just punched me in the gut. And it was physical health. Our physical health is affected. So for me, you know, that was lots of sickness, lots of illness. I thought I was just a sickly person and come to find out there was reasons behind everything I was experiencing in my, uh, in my um, illnesses. And so when you talk about those physical illnesses and being able now to kind of step away, maybe less emotionally and, and take a look at that, how, how did the experience um, living with the religious trauma connect with that, with those illnesses? I mean, where do you see the connection, Marianne? Hmm. I see connection from a very early age. I mean, now that I get to look back and understand after I left the church and started studying metaphysics of why I, why was I so sick all through my years? And I found Louise Hayes book, You Can Heal Your Life. And in the back of that book, she has all these different categories of uh, bodily functions, body parts, and illnesses. And then what she lists next is the emotional um, issue that could be the probable cause. Mm. And then she lists a beautiful affirmation that you can replace that with. So when I started looking at those, everything she mentioned under all the categories of what I had experienced 
sickness wise, that emotional trauma was because of a belief that I was indoctrinated from the church. Mm. Can you give an example for your listeners? Um, I developed thyroid disease twice. And not only that, when I was young, very young, I would always have sore throats, tonsillitis all the time. And then finally about 15, they, the doctor said, we're taking out the tonsils. So we did a tonsillectomy. Well, then in my twenties, early twenties, and then late twenties, I developed more uh, a thyroid disease. So anything in the throat is all about your ability to communicate, to speak your truth, to speak up for yourself, to speak your, um, your ability or inability to um, speak up for your wants, desires, and needs. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I was told I had to be silent because I was a woman. I would be in servitude. So my wants and desires didn't matter. Mm. So anything in the throat, those beliefs around that my unworthiness and, and that my voice didn't matter was um, affected than my physical form, my physical body. So that's just one. There's just a list of them, you know, uh, because, you know, these, this started even, I remember even as a little kid and into teenager, I would walk around with just the feeling of a lump in my throat Mm. because of my nervousness. And I would wake up with sick, nervous tummies and mama wouldn't make me go to school. Um, You know, I had migraines from high school on that was so severe. I had fibroids in my breast that had to be removed. And all of these, uh, you know, hysterectomy, just gallbladder Mm -hmm. disease. It was just one thing after the other. And then every emotional issue tied to each of those was exactly tied back to a belief that I was indoctrinated in. And I could see the connection. Then the light bulb started going on. Yeah. Realizing, man, I suffered more trauma than I thought I had. When you start. Yeah. The light bulb in the soul goes off. So really your body embodied or took on yes. the, the pain Absolutely. that you were experiencing and feeling, whether it was psychological, mm-hmm. emotional, social, it, it, it kind of your body took on the ownership in some ways of absolutely pain. Yeah. Because, you know, our bodies are, are, uh, I, I like this James Allen quote. He's my, one of my favorite little books, um, as a man thinketh James Allen, it was 1902 or three, something like that. But he says the, the body is the servant of the mind. You know, so everything that we're thinking, and he was ahead of his time as far as metaphysics, because this is exactly what metaphysics teaches, is how our mind, our intentions, our emotions affect our physical world. That includes our body. Yeah. Because our bodies just can't tolerate that kind of negativity for very long before it starts breaking down. Mm-hmm. Because our bodies are used, our normal flow is life force flowing through us. When you're so blocked off, you're blocking off your own well-being because you can't receive. 
you know, so your body breaks down and yeah. Well, and it seems also like your experience is, is an example of how everything is connected and hopefully aligned. And when it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, our thoughts, our feelings, our, our body, um, then we have something that happens that kind of draws our attention to that misalignment. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was, you know, always too scared to question too much when I was in the church. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end, when I was realizing this just isn't working out for me. Yeah. I just knew that a spiritual walk should feel really good, like almost all the time, you know, not, um, bashing myself constantly, almost like whipping yourself to punish Mm. yourself because you're in such fear and agony and, you know, begging for forgiveness. Um, They actually say there's about when people are in religious trauma, that they are in that um, stress, high stress level for about uh, on the average of three hours a day. Mm. So more or less. um, And if you heighten that if you're in stress, you're throwing off cortisol like crazy, your mm-hmm. blood flow in fight, flight, or freeze, that right. is your primal brain, your survival brain saying, danger, danger, right. danger, right. You know, run away. So we're going to pump all our blood into your extremities. So you have strength to run away. We're going to shut down your brain function because all you need to do is think of how fast you can run away. It shuts down your immune system, your digestion. You don't need to digest anything if you're going to be eaten by a lion or tiger, you know, so it just completely shuts our body down. And when you do that, your body starts dying. And that's what my body was doing. And so how did you, once you realized that, what did you do and and what supported your healing? Mm. I crashed when I was 34. The drugs had so affected my mental capacity that I was, we had been transferred to Texas. I was driving down a road. It was by grocery store road. I had been doing it for about a year and I didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. I scared me to death with my two babies in the back seat and I pulled over in tears. I didn't know if I was going towards the house or away from the house. I just didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when I finally got ourselves home, the next day there was a homeschool mom that worked part-time at a health food store. I had never been in a health food store and I marched myself in and told the owner to fix me. Mm-hmm. So initially for me, I had to start getting relief within my body doing a a detox cleanse that was just phenomenal in kicking off my healing and my wellness. So that started on a a path to more wellness um, over the years, but the well-being, feeling good, feeling right, didn't happen until I started working on my mindset, releasing those old beliefs and installing new ones. Okay. That's resonated. So that's where I. So for you, because the pain manifested so much physically. Yes. Your first step was to take care of the physical. 
and then follow with the emotional. Yeah, because I had no idea. I mean, when I went to that health food store, I picked up a little book on alternative healing, other alternative healing practices, and it opened my mind up to other options. I had no idea. There was energy work that you could do. There was healing practices. There was feng shui. There was, a, you know, light healing. There was uh, different kinds of energy. And, and I was just delighted to find that there's really something outside of doctors and the church to help me heal. And so that gave me a little permission to start just cracking the door on why do I believe what I believe? When this religion over here says this, you know, and they're thriving, the members of that religion are thriving, yeah. but yet my religion says they're going to hell mm. because they don't believe like us. So it, it just started, oh, my eyes started popping like crazy because I <laughs> love to study. So that was my, that was my saving grace as far as allowing myself permission to start questioning mm -hmm. because I had not been allowed to question before. Matter of fact, I'd been screamed at many times by pastors. If I asked questions, because yeah. I think they took it personally. Like I was challenging their authority. Mm. Which maybe at the time I was. Maybe. And so being curious and yes. being um, okay with there may be some other options or other opportunities mm -hmm. or a different way is what helped you to start to heal. Yeah, because I would have never addressed my mindset or the beliefs first. Yeah. It's like I had to see a little bit of a difference in my physical body. Yeah. And then start understanding metaphysics. You know, when that hit, it was like, poof. Yeah. That, that was a big eye opener. And so would you say that your true authentic self was masked by the religious trauma? Absolutely. Because of the instructions about who women are, I, I could not let people see my authentic self because my authentic self had desires and wants and needs. And you can't do that. And my authentic self was to share things with other people. Well, if there were men in the room, and you're supposed to be silent in the church, where do you get to share? Mm. So yes, you're gonna cover yourself and mask yourself because you can't let that authentic person show. You'll be, you know, you'll, somebody will find some fault in it and condemn you somewhere. Mm. So it's very, you have to stay hidden um, because yeah. for fear of, of repercussions within the congregation, somebody's mm. gonna complain. And you're going to get told on, and then you're going to get approached by the leadership. Hmm. You know. And so when you actually left the church, how did that change who you were and, and how you showed up? Oh, I was definitely more free to start sharing my ideas and my thoughts because I am such a deep thinker. Um, I love to take a thought from the beginning and 
process it all the way to the end in researching and things because I've done it all my life. I hold a biblical studies degree. It's what I'm trained in, you know, research kind of thing. Um, so I, I just lost the question. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Once you left the church, how were you different? Like, how did, how did you show up and how did that feel to be so different? It was so freeing. I couldn't believe I could go to bed happy and wake up happy. Mm. Like day after day. I didn't have to cry my eyes out begging for forgiveness. Matter of fact, two weeks after I left the church, that we left the church, um, I realized I hadn't cried once mm. where before crying would be a daily trauma mm. um, because I had to beg for forgiveness. I had to be so sorrowful for my sins and you, the way it's set up, you can't help but sin. You are going to sin, you know? Mm. So, uh, you know, just being able to just go, oh, yeah. I can relax. I can take off this heavy weight. As a matter yeah. of fact, my oldest son mentioned after we left, mom, it feels, he was a teenager. Mom, it feels like a weight is off my shoulders. Mm. And I was like, oh, my poor baby. He was suffering too. And we hadn't talked about it really. So um, freedom. Freedom. Oh my goodness. Just the lightheartedness. It's, it's like you walk taller because you're not all condensed and constricted and pulling yeah. all your energy in. It's like yeah. you can finally shine a little bit, mm. even if it's just a little twinkle. Yeah. And letting it out. That that's good. That's progress. You know, so yeah. So Marianne, I can only imagine that there's probably listeners who are at various stages and in, in kind of the recognition of this process. So for you, it required you to leave the church. For other people, they might be thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that or if that's the right thing for me. So how can people receive support from you? Like where, where do they go? What's possible for them? Absolutely. I just want to say my best friend, we grew up at eight and nine together. So we've been best friends for about 53 years. And she is a very staunch Christian believer. She loves the church. She adores being a church. You know, she, you know, has to kind of tweak her beliefs accordingly, but she has found peace in the church. I never will ever tell someone, well, you need to just leave the church because it's toxic for you. Well, guess what? It's not toxic for her. Right. That is fulfilling for her, the way she has worked out her salvation. You know, like I said, she's tweaked a few things. I know it because not everything she does follows the Christian path of the way we were raised. But if I just want you to find peace mm. and find joy and thrive. And if you can do it inside the church, Glory be, I'm very happy for you and I will cheer you on and support you every step of the way. If you also have had enough and you got your toe over the line and you're ready to walk out the door, I would say, welcome home. Mm -hmm. You're here, you're here with me. I offer, like I said, the coaching, um, you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me if you need a lot of personal attention. 
but really the dynamic thriving uh, spiritual community that I'm creating is a membership um, that hopefully will be launched in June, later in June, will be a huge support. You'll have a place to belong. This is your home. This is a sacred place for you to be able to come and share your hurts and your sorrows, but yet your wins and your celebrations and your joys, because that's where we're headed. We're not going to wallow around back in that pain. Mm -hmm. We want to move from here today. Now I'm moving forward. We're not going to go back there because our inner beings are not looking back there. Our inner beings look at who we are and where we want to go. And so we're becoming that person who is, is uh, creating that new life, the mo forward motion that we're, that we're creating. So um, I, I would so invite people to get ready to join that membership. And in the meantime, I have a Facebook group that is also called Dynamic Thriving. And it's a spiritual community. It's private. It's a free group. Um, so come and touch your toe in the water mm -hmm. and see if we can support you there. And we can be, you know, in confidence sharing without the prying eyes of the public. Yeah. Well, and Marianne, again, I want to thank you for being mm -hmm. so vulnerable mm -hmm. um, and being an example of what's possible mm -hmm. for all of us. So again, I would encourage listeners that if you've been able to really identify with anything that Marianne has been talking about um, and you would like some support, you know, please feel free to, to reach out to Marianne and to know that it is a process and that it's a different process for each person, but that there is support available. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. We... Um... There is so much, so much help and so much, you know, as we learn how to, you know, evaluate those beliefs and decide which ones feel good and which ones don't, which ones resonate with our soul and which ones we need to set aside. Um, we can do that a lot with how we feel and, and what our thoughts are creating for us. And um, so the more we can support each other, um, intentionally and with love and with grace, because we're all going to stumble. That's just the normal walk in this planet. And so that we lift each other up because that's, that's where thriving is that community, that love, that sharing, that belonging. We are community oriented people. We're social people. We're not lone wolves. And we need to belong. And I just want to express to you, welcome home. You are home. Yeah. So I appreciate you, Lori. Thank you so much for being my guest and interviewing me and helping me share my story about thriving beyond uh, religious trauma. And do you have anything you would like to share with us? Again, I, I, to me, it's the journey. The journey is what's important and yes. realizing what the next step is. And then after that, being open to the following steps is the, is the process. Mm -hmm. And it actually can be fun. <laughs> yes, it can be fun and it will be fun. <laughs> yes. 
That's what I love because we are <laughs> here. Our purpose is to experience as much joy as possible. And when we're not, we just need to tweak those beliefs and fine tune into who we really are as an inner being, as, as an extension of source energy in the flesh. So you can reach Lori also at her website. It is inspiregreatnesscoaching.com. It will be in the show notes. And please visit our website, mariannepack.com. There's the community page that gives information about um, the dynamic thriving spiritual community and what's coming up. There's the offer for Ask the Many. You can ask specific questions and receive some specific answers from My Spirit Guides the Many. There's also the gift, which is a personal reading. You just ask, what do they want to tell me today? And it's very simple. We get on a call. Uh, you get your answer immediately. So um, uh, all of those are available. And I will see you on our private Facebook group. And again, welcome home. So thank you, Lori. I appreciate you. You're welcome, Marianne. And remember, you are joy looking for a way to express.